Our first reading is from Mark 13, starting at verse 14 to the end. But when you see the abomination of desolation standing where he ought not to be, let the reader understand, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let the one who is on the housetop not go down, nor enter his house to take anything out. And let the one who is in the field not run back to take his cloak. And alas, for women who are pregnant, and for those who are nursing infants in those days, pray that it may not happen in winter. For in those days there will be such tribulation as has not been from the beginning of creation that God created until now and never will be. And if the Lord had not cut short the days, no human being would be saved. But for the sake of the elect whom he chose, he shortened the days. And then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or look, there he is, do not believe it. For false Christ and false prophets will arise and perform signs and wonders to lead astray, if possible, the elect. But on, be on your guard. I have told you all these things beforehand. And the second reading comes from Revelation chapter 7, starting at verse 9. A great multitude from every nation. After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing round the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshipped God saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honour and power and might be to our God for ever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these clothed in white robes, and from where have they come? I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, these are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them nor any scorching heat, for the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. 
so far to reading of God's word. Thank you so much, Ankh. Our text verse is from Mark 13, verse 19. Mark 13, verse 19. For in those days there will be such tribulation as has not been from the beginning of the creation that God created until now and never will be. And our topic this evening is the Great Tribulation. Beloved in our Lord Jesus Christ, most people fear suffering. We long for peace in this world. And if we are honest, we desire a long life. Peaceful retirement. And we are afraid to lose what we have. Sometimes, while we are still working, we can't wait for retirement to sit back. Now I'm going to sit back. I'm going to relax and reap the benefits of all my hard work. And sometimes we think this is true of our churches as well. We have done so well in the last decades. We successfully built church buildings, retirement homes, Christian schools. And we not only work hard, but we also provide it for our children and grandchildren's future. But sometimes it doesn't work out as we plan. And so the question this evening, are we ready for war, persecution? Maybe if it's necessary to flee, if we have to. Our ancestors had to do this. If you think of the French Huguenots, our direct answers, they were willing to go to foreign countries to begin a new life. And many in this time are still doing this. They are fleeing their home countries to seek refuge in safe countries like Australia and the USA. So a Bible reading, Jesus tells us about a dark time, probably the darkest time of all times, the time of the Great Tribulation. Jesus said in verses 19 to 20, For in those days there will be such tribulation as has not been from the beginning of the creation that God created until now and never will be. And if the Lord had not cut short the days, no human being would be saved. But for the sake of the elect, whom he chose, he shortened the days. And so Jesus takes us through time. And as you can remember, he answered the disciples' question about the end of times in verse 4, when they asked, tell us when all these things will be, and what will be the sign when all things are about to be accomplished. And so Jesus told them about the destruction of the temple. And the disciples, children of their time, thought that would be the end when all things would be accomplished. But how does our passage fit in with the destruction of the temple? We who look back at history know that the temple was destroyed in 70 after Christ, and it was the most terrible time in Israel's history. More than 1.1 million people died 
97,000 people were taken as, as slaves. As you can remember, when Jesus saw that, he wept. And when Jesus told the disciples that, they thought that would mark the end of history. But we know it did not. Many wars followed. Eventually the mighty beast, Rome, was destroyed. When the Lord changed one man's heart, Emperor Constantine, and he became a Christian. And through the ages, the gospel was brought to all nations. And churches were established all over the world. And the gospel of peace was proclaimed. Despite Satan's anger, persecution, persecution and murder towards Christians, the gospel grew. It became stronger. The good news that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, that he is the answer, the way, the truth, and life. But still there were genocides. We can just think of the Armenian genocide in 1915, where 1.2 million people were killed by the Ottoman Empire. But also keep in mind the millions who were killed for their faith in Lord Jesus, for their faith, in our Lord Jesus Christ, and still are killed. Up to this day, Open Doors listed 28 countries with strong or massive persecution. Another 23 countries, Christians suffer discrimination. Some regions severe harassment. But the gospel continues. And the preaching of God's word is heard more and more even in Muslim strongholds. According to the Middle East Reform Fellowship, MIRF. In our passage, Jesus opens the curtain a bit wider. He reveals the time just before his return, which is called the Great Tribulation. And he warns in verse 23 that we should be on guard. I've told you all things beforehand. We should be on guard. Keep awake for you do not know when the time will come. Verse 33. And so the work of the guard was very important in biblical times. They had to protect. They had to warn the people from danger. Secure the people against surprise attacks or injury. And the fact that we don't know the time, the hour, we need to be on guard. And it also motivates us as the Lord's church to be busy with our task to proclaim the gospel. The preaching of God's word and the good news. But we also need to be aware that Jesus equips his church and he wants his church that we should be ready for the ultimate tribulation. Just before the end, Satan's hate and persecution against the church, but also God's judgments over the unrepentant will be the worst it will ever be. And if it was not for the Lord's grace who shortened the time for his elect, 
no human being would be saved. Verse 20. And so Jesus used the word tribulation, a term that a Jewish people knew. And this is a term that they can exactly know how terrible the times will be. We read in verse 19, For in those days there will be such tribulation as has not been from the beginning of the creation that God created until now and never will be. It will be such a hard time that it, if it was to continue, no human being would survive. But it's not only a physical danger. It's a spiritual danger as well. Jesus said in verses 21 to 22 that in these times there will be false prophets, false messiahs who would say, and then if anyone says to you, look, here's the Christ, or look, there he is, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform signs and wonders to lead astray. But then a comfort again. If possible, the elect. And so Jesus told us that we should hold on to God's word. Even if it appears that these false prophets have the solution we should still test it according to God's word. And so <coughs> the Apostle Paul said in Galatians 1 verse 8, But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. And Apostle Peter affirmed that as well in Acts 4 verse 12. And there is salvation in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And then he revealed that we can only be saved by Jesus. Jesus the Christ. Jesus is the answer. And Jesus assured us that a church will recognize him, that he is elect. The Lord's people will not be led astray. In our passage... Every prophecy will come in fulfillment, especially Daniel 12, verse 1. At that time shall arise Michael, the great prince, who has charge of your people. And there shall be a, a time of trouble such as never has been since there was a nation till that time. But at that time your people shall be delivered, everyone whose name shall be found written in the book. Jesus said, this will be a tribulation as it has not been. And it will be a terrible time. But just when the night is at its darkest, Jesus will return. In our passage, we find so much comfort. With every warning, there's comfort. Yes, it will be the most terrible time. People will flee in terror. But the Lord has shortened the days for the sake of his elect. And his elect will not be led astray. The Lord talks repeatedly about his elect. And it shows the love and the provision of the Lord. In times of hardship, nothing will separate his children from his love. In Jesus, we are more than conquerors. Therefore, we have a tremendous basis for hope. 
because our hope is on who Jesus is and what he has promised. And hope looks towards the future. No matter what happens, we have hope for a bright future because the Lord is king. The Lord will return. He will right all wrongs. And he will welcome his children into the eternal life of his eternal kingdom. And Jesus gave the reason to hope. In him we can't die anymore. He conquered death. And so the Lord comforted also in Revelation 7, our second reading, that we will conquer. John saw a multitude after the tribulation, and he saw their glory. John asked who these white-robed people are, and he was told, these are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. Verse 14. These are the ones who have survived. These are the ones who have remained faithful, even though life was hard. These are the believers who kept their faith in Jesus as their Savior. And look, with all trials and persecution, with uplifted heads towards the Lord and continued in their service to give all glory and praise to the Lord. And it was a great multitude that no one could number. From every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, and they were standing before God's throne and before the Lamb clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. It's such a wonderful thing to realize here. God will protect His children. His church. In the end of time, His church and all the angels were standing around the throne and the elders and the four living creatures and they fell on their face before the throne and worshipped God. And the church of all time will worship Him Praise, praise Him. And we will be in unity in our worship, although we are from every tribe and nation. <coughs> and we will be clothed in white. That means we are purified through Jesus' blood. And there will be palm branches in our hands, just like the multitude in Jerusalem on the first Palm Sunday. And the branches will be a symbol of our victory in Jesus. Victorious over the sin, all the forces that were against us, the world and all its deceiving voices. These people, John's vision, were serving the Lord and they give all honor to the Lord. Therefore, you can know, brothers and sisters, the end is written already. We can find much comfort in the Lord. We will be victorious. But what should we do while we are waiting for the time to come in fulfillment? For our Lord to return? Because we don't know the day or the hour. And so Jesus gave us three commands. Flee. Verse 14. Pray. Verse 18. And be on guard. Verse 23. Should we flee to the mountains? King David gave a short answer in Psalm 11. In the Lord I take refuge. How can you say to my soul, flee like a bird to your mountain? We know that we should take our refuge in the Lord. And therefore the believer must not fear the day of the Lord, 
It's a day to look forward. It's an anchor that gives hope to the future. It gives us perspective as a church. It gives um, perspective in our mission to reach out and preach the gospel. But also for us to know we will be saved and the judge will judge. And we can be comforted by Christ's return. And therefore the church is expecting Jesus. And we will take our refuge in him. We will flee to the Lord. And we will pray, verse 18. When it appears that all doors are closed on earth, we can know that the door to God's throne will never be closed. Our prayers will still come before the Lord's throne. And the Lord sent the great comfort of the Holy Spirit to pray with us when we are praying. And Jesus taught us that a certain we will give to our friend in need, even more our Heavenly Father will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him and what we need spiritually and physically. Lastly, we should be on guard. The Lord told us in no uncertain terms that we should be on guard, like the five wise virgins who wait for the groom's return. We don't know when the time will come. To be on guard is to expect Jesus, to be ready. Jesus explained it very clearly, verse 34. It's like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his servants in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to stay awake. We should keep watch because we don't know the time when Jesus will return. We don't know the exact hour and minute, and therefore we need to be on guard. We need to be on alert and expect the Lord. Let us be on guard. Let us not be deceived by the false voices of Satan, false messiahs, this world. But let us always flee to the Lord with all our anxieties and know that the Lord is in control. Let us stay true to our calling and always test ourselves to the Word of God alone. Let us stay in the Word of God. Let us stay faithful and do not fear the future. But let us already praise and worship the Lord. Like the church of all times in Revelation 7 verse 12. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that comforts. Your word that assures that we don't have to fear, but that we can flee to you. That we can take our refuge in you. That we can wait with uplifted head towards the great day of the Lord. And that we can expect our Lord Jesus Christ as our King. That we don't fear these things. Because we serve a risen Savior and we are alive in our Lord Jesus Christ. In Him we are comforted, and He is our greatest comfort in life and death, and nothing can separate us from His love. Father, we pray that we will be faithful and can be faithful to spread and to proclaim Your gospel, to proclaim the Word, but also that we will do this with urgency, 
that we will pray, that we will study your word, but also that we will be on guard because we expect our Savior from the time that you've assigned him to come. In Jesus' name we pray this. Amen.